just brought out a new cookbook. More airy, more light, more mouthy coast. It's such a vibe, isn't it? Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of Obviously Good Foodie Friends. This is a new segment of the podcast in season three where we invite people of interest on the podcast and discuss their food story. You'll be joined in each of these segments by only two of us. So for today, it's myself, Spicy B, and Sweet Libby. Hi, guys. On today's show, we have Lindsay Fordham, food photographer, recipe developer, and low FODMAP follower. Or as some of you might know her from Instagram, that lofo life. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Now, before I sort of, I gave you a little bit of an intro just then, but I want to throw it to you. How did the Lofo Life find you or did you find the Lofo Life? <laughs> the Lofo Life definitely found me. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, for those who don't know. I had so many issues with food and what I could and couldn't eat. And then mm. I went to a nutritionist mm. and she told me to go on the low FODMAP diet and I haven't looked back since. So, So for those of us who are a bit naive perhaps to <laughs> what it is FODMAP generally <laughs> um are you able to give us a little bit of a definition just for those playing along at home absolutely uh I've got to remember what all the letters stand for because it's yes. actually an acronym okay, okay. yeah oh yep. that's interesting uh so F is for fermented O is for oligosaccharides oh, D great. is disaccharides <laughs> like okay. all that kind of stuff so basically it just means that there are particular carbohydrates that I can't digest properly um, mostly uh-huh. like fruits, vegetables of various different kinds. So garlic and onion are my two big ones that are definite no-nos for me. Yeah, I've heard that a bit before, people who even just have upset, upset stomachs, sorry, that are they're not doing perhaps low FODMAP, but they are just like excluding those things. So they just quite common triggers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Interesting. And is it a not, I guess, a way of eating that you can like do consistently? As in like, can you just be low FODMAP? forever the idea is that you're not low FODMAP forever so yes. you okay. go through elimination and then you have to reintroduce foods uh so there are eight different groups that you can trial to see if you can re- reintroduce them and I failed six of the eight tests. oh, oh my gosh <laughs> you poor thing so the idea is that you do better than me and you can reintroduce those groups back into your diet um cool yeah for okay. me it's a little bit more of a struggle um, I mean, like I'll throw Bella under the bus because she's not here today, but <laughs> I really think she should be life on map. I know. at least try it. Look, I feel like you're giving away too many details about her bowels and so on <laughs> and so forth. She will not be happy. So we'll move, we'll move, we'll move right along. Great. Um, we want to take it back, back to the beginning. What is your sort of earliest memory of food? Uh, so when I was little, my family and I used to go to this Italian restaurant in Lane Cove. And Ooh. I specifically remember every time I was there, I ordered plain penne pasta and parmesan cheese. <laughs> and for dessert, I had chocolate ice cream and I put parmesan cheese on the chocolate ice cream as well. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Every time. Okay. This does sort of take me to a question that we were going to ask a bit further down the track. Mm. But this feels like one of those Frankenstein creations that you put two sort of bizarre combinations of food together. Yeah, like has chips that, in a McFlurry. Like, has that stayed true for you? Do you do that kind of thing? Uh, no, I feel like my partner would kick me out of the house if I ever tried to put cheese on ice cream at home. Yes, yes. But I remember it tasting really good, so maybe I should try it again. 
B, I feel like that's something that you and I should get into. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I love ice cream. I love cheese, but like separately. Yeah, but p- Parmesan's a good one though. It's kind of a neutral. Like I can't imagine putting like a, I don't know, blue cheese on it. So wait, can you, like, can you eat cheese as part, as part of low fiber? Great question. A really good question. Um, So hard cheeses are fine and like soft cheese, like brie and camembert are off limits because they have too much lactose in them because lactose is one of those. It's a trigger. Yep. Oh, so that double dairy combo of the ice cream and the cheese perhaps wouldn't be something you'd eat now. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, okay, see, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot this podcast. I know. I feel like we're super. We sound educated at times, but we're super uneducated in reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh goddamn. Um, well, okay, keeping it on like sort of like your family, your childhood. You have said that you have quite a lovely sort of family tradition of I think it was every fortnight you guys catch up for dinner, like your parents, your sister. Your grandparents, I think you said as well. Yeah, that's right. So is that is that like a hard every fortnight that happens? Yeah, so it's something that we started uh, during last year when COVID happened. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, and yeah, every Thursday fortnight, the there's seven of us. So there's, yeah, my parents, me and my partner, my sister and her fiancé and my granddad. We rotate between the three households and one of us cooks main, one of us brings dessert, and then one of us brings the wine. So it's nice. been something that we've been doing for like almost a year now. I really like that. And I like that you share the load. Yeah. And then how does like, we're going to keep bringing you back to the low FODMAP, but how does that work <laughs> in terms of like, is anyone else in your family low FODMAP? Um, they kind of think similar to what it sounds like Bella should be doing. <laughs> some of them, some of them think they us. should be. So I feel like it's a good opportunity for them to have a low FODMAP meal. Yeah. Uh, so my, you know, my parents and my sister are both very good at cooking low FODMAP food. So we make sure that it's all a tummy-friendly affair for me when we do have dinner together. Are they good cooks generally, your mum and your sister? I mean, does your dad do cooking? My like... dad does cook. He's recently retired, so he started cooking a lot more and he's Love that. loving classic, it. Classic situation. And so is my mum. But, yeah, my mum is a fantastic cook. Um my sister. <laughs> I love her and I choose to not comment. I love her very dearly, but she's a scientist and I feel like... Oh, so you're good at desserts perhaps? No, because she doesn't follow recipes. I feel like because she's so strict in her day-to-day life, she just wants to be free in the (laughs) kitchen. Yeah, some people are like that. And the kitchen is not somewhere you can just be like, oh, whatever, a cup, maybe two cups. Like, there's science behind it. Absolutely. Hilarious that she's the – anyway. And she abandons it when she's in the kitchen. That is is quite classic. Do you think that that's where you got some of your cooking ability from, from your mum? Yeah, I think so. My mum taught me to cook a lot of the stuff that I do cook frequently at home. Uh, my grandmother also taught me to cook oh, a fair nice. bit too. So yeah, I feel like it is something that's been passed down through my family. Is there any special recipes that have come through the hands generation to generation? Um, I think the the only recipe that stands out in my mind is lasagna. Yeah. My grandma had this very specific recipe that had some really rogue ingredients in it. And then my mum got given that Do recipe tell. like handwritten and then that got given to me. So there's like fruit chutney in it. Oh, I could I could see how that works. But though. yeah, it like it makes the sauce a little bit sweet. Yeah. And it, it works Love really, it. really well. Oh god, that's so good. Yeah. We should try that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm not a huge lasagna person because you know, I don't eat much beef, but um interesting. Hey, really, you could, really you interesting. Can make it vego. 
can make a veggie. That's very true. Yeah. I love hearing about your family. It's so nice to hear that that all happened because for me, that's something certainly like family and food is so important to both B and I. Mm. So you only said recently that you um, found out that you had IBS, which I think a lot of people do have and ignore. Mm. Um, but <laughs> what, did you have any sort of like intolerances at school growing up? Yeah, so discovered? through primary school, it wasn't really an issue. And then early years of high school is when I really started to notice that things weren't going the way they should be. So mm. I remember in year eight, I was having these terrible pains in my stomach all the time and I was really bloated. Can I say that on a podcast? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, we talk about bloating all the time. I okay, it was really, really inappropriate <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, and I remember going to have an ultrasound and my bowels had actually twisted. Oh, <gasps> gosh. Because it turns out I was gluten intolerant and I'd been eating gluten. Of course. Because pretzels are like my favorite food. And pasta. And pasta, pasta obviously. The lasagna. Wait, so sorry. A twisted bowel is a consequence of being gluten. This is how uneducated we are. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I mean, really don't know anything. My answer may not be scientifically okay, educated either. Okay, we like that. We're, no, we're, that's so fine. We are, what do we call? Feelings, not facts. Great. I love <laughs> that. that. I love tagline, that. So we just, no one can ever get us in trouble. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love that. So um, I think it's more like because there was so much air trapped in there. Oh, golly gosh. That that's what happened. I don't think <laughs> it's very so common. Off. So for any gluten intolerant people out there, you're probably fine. But I mean, maybe back off the pretzels a little bit if you're so anything like me. So they have to untwist it? No, basically it was just I stopped eating gluten and, and it did it itself. It just unwinds itself. Yeah. The body is an interesting, interesting <laughs> thing. I was going to say it's a fickle bitch, but it's also an interesting <laughs> thing. Both of those things are true. Um, okay, so I guess once you became aware of that, then you, did you have to start like adjusting your diet at school? Yeah, so lunches went from like – sandwiches yeah. at lunch. I going to say everyone had sandwiches. Exactly, to yeah. not doing that. So, I mean, my mum being the fantastic cook that she was, was really, and the great person that she was, <laughs> was very adaptable and, you know, often I'd have leftovers at lunch and stuff like that, which I'm always keen for anyway. But, yeah, it was just a matter of really taking a look at what I was putting in my school lunchbox and adjusting that. Look, knowing you as I do, you're not really someone that ever has worried too much about peer pressure, but... But, I mean, high school is a really tricky time. You obviously just found out you were gluten intolerant. You weren't eating the sandwiches like everyone else. How did that go? You know, did that ever worry you? Did you feel like you were doing different things, eating different things to other people? I mean, I feel like at school I was discussing this with my friends the other day. I was bottom tier anyway. so Bottom tier? (laughs) tier. Jeez. It wasn't a concern of mine because I I feel like in my mind nothing could have made me any less cool. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm it's laughing with you. It's a funny concept. Yeah, it's a funny concept because, like, you're so right. At school, it's such a thing. And then you leave school and you're like, who was who? Exactly. Yeah, like, it does not did matter. Did we go to school with that person? I forget. Like, yeah, yes, quite seriously. Yeah, no. And um, my group of friends were so great that they – Oh, perfect. You know, we had a cake roster when we were in our group to celebrate each person's birthday. Oh, my gosh. And oh, then, why didn't we have that? I know, so cute. As soon as, as, soon as I found out I was gluten intolerant, then it was gluten-free cake. Oh my gosh, that is, that is so really lovely. Sweet, oh, I yeah. love that little tradition. Who started that out of your friends? It's so sweet. Uh, one of my mates at school called Emily, mm-hmm. she yeah, put the roster together and She's then yeah, we had person. another another girl in our group who is anaphylactic to peanuts. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, <thing. laughs> so you so, had strict guidelines. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff to be worked around. But What, what was the classic? What, what did everyone cook in the end? Uh, I feel like 
you know that like lemon and olive oil cake? Yeah. That was a very common one, which was yeah. good. And then, you know, the classics like orange and poppy seed. And the flourless chocolate cake. Flourless chocolate cake. Surely got to run. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, seriously, gluten-free cake is actually better than normal cake. I completely I, agree. I personally agree, I think. I mean, in some instances. No, like it's – Yes, oh. like if it's meant to be gluten-free, it's great. So like a flourless chocolate cake that is doesn't have gluten-free flour in it, it's naturally gluten-free, yeah. if that makes sense, by yeah. intention, amazing. Cakes that have like the gluten-free or the gluten-free flour as a substitute, never as good. No, 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 no. Yeah, you know? like it has to be like, the, you know, the almond meal cake. Or yeah. <laughs> they just did a little dance. So I was just doing that. Shimmy, meal, shimmy. Almond meal. Okay, sorry, That's what sorry. we do on the podcast. Um <laughs> Moving on through that. Moving on through that. So you're obviously passionate about food. Yes. Because as I mentioned in the intro, some people would know you on the podcast today from your Instagram, That Lofo Life, which is an Instagram completely dedicated to low FODMAP food. That's correct. That's correct. Good. Got that right. Um, (laughs) And essentially, like I said, you are a recipe developer and like food photographer. How, like, I just want to know how that all sort of started. Like, when did you start the Instagram? So I was on a trip to America with my partner, Josh, and we were talking about how frustrating I was finding the low FODMAP eating and all that kind of stuff. Especially in America, surely. Yeah. So hard in America. Yeah. Americans super supersized. They don't know how to ride. <laughs> they don't know how to eat well at the best of times, let alone low FODMAP. It was a struggle. Uh, but he actually was the one that suggested because I really liked photography and always have, Mm. why not combine the two things and kind of reignite my passion for food by cooking low FODMAP, but also combine it with my hobby of photography and see where it took me. And I thought that was a really good idea. So I got home from the holiday and I just started cooking and taking photos and it all went from there. Yeah, that's amazing because you we were talking about it before and you didn't like this, but you are a micro influencer. So you <laughs> hadn't heard that term until yeah, last night. <laughs> you hadn't heard it. I was like, yeah, you definitely are. You have um, I've got it here. You've got seven thousand one hundred and seventy-seven Insta followers. That's when you wow. wrote that down. She's got more now. Oh, really? <laughs> Actually, probably it yeah. goes up so quickly. And you were also saying earlier that your dad is a photographer. Yes. So did he like? Did you grow up and always have an interest in photography? And did he like, sort of help with the food photography? Yeah, I mean, he definitely taught me how to compose a good photo. I did photography in year nine because he kind of started that passion for me Mm. uh, and he was always a really good mentor. And then in terms of if he helps me with my Instagram now, I often get a text message after I post. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. With like (laughs) – Sounds like my mom. I know. With, with a little bit of feedback and it's always, you know, how they describe it, a shit sandwich. So it's always good like – Loved your post this morning. <laughs> you needed an odd number of potatoes in the picture. Um, oh, can't wow. wait to see your next one because he always <laughs> taught me that odd numbers were better than even numbers in photos. You're like, Dad, I used all, I used four and I only had two left. What was I meant to do? <laughs> I've actually I've heard that in any sort of styling concept. Apparently you always use odd numbers. Absolutely. So when I go grocery shopping now, I'm always very conscious. Here's the voice in the back of my head. Oh, I he love goes, get that. seven. Oh, oh look, he sounds like my mum. <laughs> I regularly get a text when the podcast comes out. It's usually stop swearing. Yeah. Or like, you know, no one will love you, that sort of thing. Uh, she does not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, your your photos are stunning. Thank you. Sweet Libby, your photos are also stunning. No, but I'm very um what do you call it? Aspirate. No. Yeah, yeah. You aspire to Libby's aspire. Photos. And yes. you've said that before. I think yes, I have. Libby introduced me to your Instagram. 
Um, and the photos, the, the photos are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Like it's almost like you've got a sort of um, and if this is an insult, tell me. Like. <laughs> A Donna Hay vibe? Oh, that's not insult. Oh, God. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Let always me be like, Donna Hay. White, like <laughs> that white, but like beautiful. Like the, you just want to eat the food. Yeah. But that's what it's all about. Um, you know, no matter what you read about food photography, that's what they tell you. If the food looks like you want to eat it, then you know it's a good photo. And I think that, Linz, that's certainly what you're doing. Now, we're blowing a lot of hot steam up your ass, so you better <laughs> stop. Yeah, stop inflating my ego. <laughs> stop and change tact here. Sort of talking about your current living situation. So you're saying that you obviously live with your partner, Josh. Yep. Is he much of a cook? How does the cooking relationship in that mm. situation work? Uh, Josh and I have very different work schedules. So typically, like, I've got a nine-to-five as a speech pathologist, so I go off to work during the day, and then he works mostly at night and on the weekends. So it's our agreement that I cook the dinner and he does the dishes. Love it. Having said that, he can cook and every year on my birthday he bakes me a cake. Oh. He's a great <laughs> a low baker. FODMAP cake. A low FODMAP cake every year unless I specifically request not to have a low FODMAP cake because you oh. know it's your birthday. Sometimes yeah. you want to blow Break out. out. Yeah. Break out. But yeah, he's a great baker. And that sort of dynamic, though, of, of you doing the cooking, that suits you fine. It means you're in control, I suppose. Yeah. You can choose what you're – do you choose the menu or how do you guys decide what you're going to eat most nights? Um, I am – I'm a compulsive organizer. So we love I, that. I have a mm. schedule where Wednesday night I sit down and I figure out all of our meals for the next seven days. Oh, wow. Um, and I write the grocery list based off that and Josh also does the grocery shopping as part of our deal. Um, but I know Love what we're it. eating for a week in advance. I wish my life wasn't chaotic so I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the dream life state. It does. Yeah, it somehow does. we all have to work towards that. A balance, perfect balance of organized but also like delicious food. Like sounds really, really good. <laughs> sounds like heaven. Mm-hmm. Speaking of delicious food, this brings us to um, sort of like a little fun bit in the middle of our interview, just to kind of change pace a bit. Uh not, not test you. It's not a test. Um, <laughs> no pass, no fail. No pass, no fail. It's, it's hot potato. So we're going to give you a this or a that. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Potato, potato, potato. Take it away, B. Soup or salad? Soup. Barbecue or tomato sauce? Tomato. Edible gold or wearable gold? What? <laughs> wow. Ah. Uh, Wearable gold. <laughs> Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Hot or cold? Hot. Mince or gum? Neither. Ooh. <laughs> Controversial answer. Butter or oil? Butter. My girl. Poached or scrambled? Scrambled. Dine in or dine out? Dine in. Cabri or lint? Cabri. Good answer. Perfect. Good oh, answer. I loved all that. That was love, good. Love the, love the non-answer. I'm here for that. A bit rogue. Bucking the rules. <laughs> Not going to answer it, actually, no. All right, now it's time for the foodie questions. This is the part of the podcast where we get to ask those questions that all foodies are dying to know. Do you prefer – I guess you sort of answered this just then in hot potato, but do you prefer cooking at home or eating out? I feel like for me, because eating out can be so difficult on a low FODMAP diet Mm. and stressful, I definitely prefer eating at home. But that's not to say that I don't like to go out for a meal every now and again. You just have to be careful of the cuisine you're picking and also 
telling your waiter that you can't eat garlic or onion, which can be mm. yeah. a painful experience. Where is your favorite place to go out then? So my favorite place to eat in Sydney is called Il Posto, and it's an Italian restaurant in North Epping. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think I know. I used to live in Bakerhall. Yeah, <laughs> in the hood. <laughs> in the hood. <laughs> uh, it's like it's family owned. Love it. Um, and Josh and I have been there three or four times and we only recently discovered it and we haven't yet got off the specials menu because every time they tell us the specials oh, love that we can't not order what they say so good so yeah it's fantastic and they're super accommodating with they don't put the onion don't put the garlic on super accommodating with dietary and they don't make you feel bad about it you know how you go no. to some restaurants and they're like oh well thanks for coming out tonight exactly you're like, well sorry <laughs> you're like do you want my cash yeah i'll just close my wallet and walk out the door <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, like such great service as well. It's so good. Do you actually ever find yourself saying no to going out though because of, you know, the yeah, fallback like situation? If someone, you know, if someone's like, hey, guys, we're going to a bottomless brunch at this Mexican place, would you be like, this is going to be a shit show for me, so I'll sit it out or I'll eat beforehand? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I used to. Um, and in a couple of situations, it actually got me out of trouble because one time our group went to the Cessnock Hotel. Sorry to badmouth them. Oh my gosh, no, throw them on the bus. I love this. (laughs) I packed my own food because it was during that period of time where I was feeling really insecure about it. And I think a couple of people got sick. And someone, I'm pretty sure one of the guys in our group had to send the food back. And in that situation, You're I was cheering. like so stoked that I'd. What, like it was undercooked chicken or something? Yeah, it was literally a chicken schnitzel and <gasps> it was not edible. <gasps> yeah, it was, it was like a nightmare. That's my biggest nightmare. Yeah. That is my biggest. Salmonella is my biggest nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's up there with sharks and other things. And like schnitzel, like it's not that hard to cook a schnitzel in the deep fryer for the right amount well, exactly of time. Like it's I mean, I would like... prefer a cremated chicken schnitzel to an <laughs> totally. undercooked one. <laughs> totally. Not even a, yeah, agreed completely with that one. <laughs> Um, what would you say is your, and it's not, it's not going to be the Parmesan on the ice cream, okay? but your guilty pleasure? I'm kind of embarrassed about this guilty pleasure. We but love that. We love embarrassing you. When I was in <laughs> early high school, I used to almost finish a jar of peanut butter. There would be like, you know, the scrapings left in the side and the yep. bottom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'd get a packet of M&Ms oh, and put them so in good. there and mix it around and eat it by the spoonful. That is so fine. That is stunning. What the hell? Yeah. That's amazing. Are they mini M&Ms, did you say? Mini M&Ms are always the best. That's true. I feel true. like it's just a good crunch to chocolate to peanut butter ratio. Yeah, but obviously case. the ratio like is not a lot of peanut butter. Is no. Is it more M&M to peanut butter? Yes. And trust me, I've done my research on this. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see this in action. We need to do this. Yeah, we should start asking people pre so we can bring the guilty pleasure <laughs> bring in. Bring their guilty pleasure on a tray with a waiter. <laughs> do we have a waiter? <laughs> we should have a waiter. We've you got, should get one. We've got budget for that, I think. <laughs> well, I am interested in this M M&M and M chat though. I've always wanted to know of, of people's like the hierarchy of M and Ms because oh, obviously God, yes, yes. there's like mini M and Ms. There's your standard M and Ms. Crispy, crispy peanut. Peanut, exactly. Mint? I think there's mint. Caramel recently. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's I like it. the caramel ones. Uh-huh. And <laughs> Pretzel. Pretzel is my number one. Mm. Over over mini. Over mini. Mini is only good for this peanut situation. This is, yeah, this is a situation what are we calling where you need this? a mini. What are we calling this I don't peanut, have a name for this concoction. Peanut M&M. Yeah, you need a name for it. Maybe it needs to go on the Instagram. <laughs> do you not agree? Is it Pop-Mat friendly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you not agree, though, that M&Ms do not work? In ice cream. Like M&M McFlurry, personally, I don't think works. Because Agreed. 
the chocolate gets so hard, Too hard. that it's it, you can't taste it. I okay. don't understand how people put chocolate chips and stuff in their ice cream. Yes. If chocolate's not melty, it's not worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I do not trust people that keep chocolate in the fridge. Oh, Ridiculous. Yeah. Who Agreed. are you? Do you – you don't keep chocolate in the fridge? No, only <laughs> in the very height of an Australian summer where yes. otherwise it's just yeah. going to be a Bushfire puddle season. of oil. Bushfire season. Other than that, it's in the cupboard. Yeah, good. Great. Happy good. with that. You can stay at this table. Thank not you. crazy. Not crazy. <laughs> if you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Now, look, I'm glad that you girls gave me this question in advance because I spent – an insane oh, amount of time good, thinking about it. Good. I was going back and forward for ages, but I think I've come up with a good answer. And I think you'll like it because it's your logo. I'd pick pizza. <gasps> yes. And let me go into my reasoning why. I think you can have breakfast pizza. You can. you can have pizza that's like lunch or dinner friendly, and then you can have dessert pizza. So no matter what mood you're in, Pizza will always be there for you. That is so true. It happens in Nutella pizza. pizza. (laughs) What's your go-to like pizza topping or pizza? I love a good vegetarian pizza with like olives, mushrooms. I'm a pineapple on pizza kind of gal. Oh, okay. That kind of of hurts me. (laughs) I thought you were allowed at this table. (laughs) Now we're questioning it. (laughs) Capsicum, artichoke, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely capsicum artichoke, yum. Yeah, that's very okay. up your vibe. Yeah. Well, very up your vibe. <laughs> very up your alley, very a vibe for you. It's a combination of the two. But interested about the pineapple. Yeah. Ever since you were a kid? No, I used to hate pineapple. When did you get into it? Well, oh, I know, actually. Josh, your Josh. partner. My How do you know that? Because yeah, I, I the know. only pizza he will ever order is a Hawaiian. Oh, He's, he's, not, oh, he's not we, great to go out to dinner say, with. <laughs> do we not think Hawaiian is like the most basic? Like margarita can be done in like a sexy Italian margarita. Totally. He's moving into the margarita sphere right now. He loves like that, that you can get away with. Hawaiian's like, come on, man. Are we like 10 Six. playing PlayStation with like a bottle of Coke and the babysitter's here? I don't know. That's, that's, like, that's the vibes it gives me. Do you not think? Oh, amen, sister. Yeah? Amen. Okay. Sorry, that's Josh. Are you listening? Yeah. Sorry, Josh, I've we never met you. you. <laughs> I've never met you. I'm sure you're a great guy, but up your taste buds. <laughs> up your taste buds. <laughs> and that's coming from the picky eater, bitch. I, yeah, here. Lou, that's coming from me. That's a big call. Yeah. Um, What do you think is something everyone should know about food, in your opinion? Now, I don't know if this is going down the right track for you girls, but one thing that I didn't know about food. No, this is good. This that is the right track. <laughs> that I've only learnt in the last three years that I really should have known is that you can't put metal in the microwave. <laughs> what? Talk, tell like, us a story. Yeah, tell us a story. Yeah, yeah, Again, story. America, where the birth of my Instagram mm. was, mm. I uh, we were staying in an Airbnb and I was cooking breakfast. I was cooking, I don't even remember what I was cooking, but something I had a metal pot with a glass lid on it and I put it in the microwave and Josh was in the shower and I just put it on, press start, you know, whatever. Didn't think about it. Yep. Started hearing these really weird noises. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it must be overflowing. So I took it out of the microwave and the glass lid <gasps> exploded. <gasps> and the food obviously went everywhere. And that's <laughs> the day just... I discovered you can't put metal in the microwave. <laughs> 
Sorry, I was laughing so much. Listeners, you would have heard me tap the microphone. But that is head. actually ridiculous that you did not know that as a grown-up. I know. I'm just I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm a lot. trying to think right now, have I ever done that? Would I ever do that? I just don't think I would. I remember when I found that out. I think I was five years old. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. Um, so obviously Good. food was inedible. You were okay? Like, was the microwave okay? Yeah, surprisingly, the microwave was fine. Obviously, the pot wasn't. But I don't think the Airbnb host ever charged us for the pot, so maybe they didn't find out. Yeah, so I feel like it would not only explode what's in there, but also if there was any sort of remnants of food, it would probably have some sort of toxic chemical. I definitely didn't eat it. We dumped it in a dumpster down the street. (laughs) Yeah, good, 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 good. Very wise choice. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely Mm, hide that mm, evidence. mm. That is such an interesting story. I love it. As you know, obviously, we're always looking for new places to go to. So whilst you've given us your favourite place in Sydney – do you have anywhere that you're looking to go to next that you want to try, that you, sh- you think that we should try? So for starters, I every time I listen to one of your episodes, I write myself a list of all the places I oh, want I to go that. to. I love that. I love that a lot. That you've rated <laughs> highly. So my list is long, but I don't think that this has been an episode on your podcast so far, but I really want to go to Bad Hombres in Surrey Hills. Yes. Oh, so- I haven't he- heard of it and this could be. No, I've been. Not- I've actually been. Is it Mex- Oh, tell me, is it Mexican? worth it? So it's Mexican vegan yes. place. Yes. And so it's oh. really interesting because similar to one of the places that we did go on the podcast. Um, a Cali Ray. Cali Ray. It's really delicious, but by the end. Oh, by the end, you're over the sludge. Everything tastes a bit similar because uh. everything has that cashew queso cheese on it. Yeah. So it's actually totally worth the experience because. Or jackfruit. <laughs> Vegans love jackfruit. All right, B. <laughs> I'm the face vegan. that she's pulling. I know. <laughs> yes. Coming back from Lindsay, like it. We're here for it. Do you want to take Bella's seat? Because I feel like you're filling in really well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I think that's a really good shout out. And I think if anyone goes, make sure that they tag Lindsay in it so that she can see. So make sure you tag that lofo life so that she can see that you've gone under her recommendation. Yeah. And if it's FODMAP friendly. <laughs> true. Let Very her know. True. Yeah. Very true. I feel like it might not. Anyway, let's not worry. <laughs> well that brings us to the last bit of the podcast which is food features and fails now for everyone that is a regular listener this is the part of the podcast where we discuss a great food feature or just a terrible fail from our week and we're gonna do all of us love it um should i start yeah you start i just start um Usually I have fails. So this is a feature from me this week. <laughs> it's just like, actually, usually my fails of, of me as a human, not fails. Um, <laughs> that's like, true. That's, yeah, you can't disagree. No. So I recently discovered, actually, this is a shout out to my sister Prudence. She discovered it and then now I'm on the bandwagon. The Woolworths macro butter chicken dish. Oh. Uh, no idea. Give us more. You need, you need it. What? What does is it look English? like? Is it a? Is oh, it a it's packet? like it, it's a meal. Packet meal. Packet meal. Pre pre made meal. Pre made meal. Oh, like pre made macro meal. meal. Yeah, the same as your Muscle Chef or the Fitness Outcomes ones. It's a macro. It's a macro butter chicken, but instead of rice, it's I think like chickpea and like quinoa or something. Okay, nice. But it's actually very good, and mm. I usually get hesitant about buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get hesitant about buying pre-done chicken from Woolworths. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm a breast gal. Breast is best. 
um, <laughs> don't like thigh or actually any other part of the chicken. So I get kind of freaked out as to what part of the chicken it's going to be. It is, yeah. But it's breast and it's nice. So it's I, I give it a tick. All right. Okay. So a feature. bit of a feature for the macro butter chicken at Woolworths. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll um I'll take it here. Just give Lynn some more time to stew on hers. Um, I've got a fail. Oh, yeah. You don't often have unusual. a fail. Oh, that is unusual. Savage going from both of you, but this fail is a is a personal fail on on my own back because, as we've sort of spoken about in the pod, I've been trying to eat kind of a bit more plant based. What that means is dinner comes around. Haven't done any thinking about dinner. Sheesh. What are we going to cook for dinner? Didn't have anything in the cupboard. Didn't want to go to the shops. Oh, it just it was just bad. We ended up like Jack got all flustered and stressed. We ended up having falafel wraps, but it was just so mediocre. Oh my gosh, Libby, I literally think that you have failed this before. Falafel sounds familiar. No, as in like it's so fine that you're doing it again, but I feel like you have done this before in your life where you and Jack have done a falafel wrap and it's gone terribly wrong and was dry. It's falafel wraps when they're not the home, the falafel's not homemade, always shit. <laughs> yes. And I yes. don't know why I haven't learnt my fucking lesson. Sorry for the language. <laughs> I don't know why you haven't either because I'm getting deja vu. Oh, no. Now I'm failing the same thing ja- twice. And we've got a guest. <laughs> and, Jack, and Jack was definitely involved the first time as well. It's because he gets so panicked and then I get panicked and then it's just always – There's panic at the disco. And he's always like, I hate dinner. And I'm like, you don't hate dinner. That's so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's what I do. I just hate this. Let's just leave. <laughs> like we need to eat something. It's just so bad. So that was – just a bit more of like a, a feeling of failing as opposed to so, like the dish was average, but the whole experience was a fail. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Got it. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. savage from me. All right, Lindsay, do you have a food feature or a food fail for us? I've got a feature. Yes, Ooh, end yep. on a high. So I have actually made this this morning to Ooh. eat tonight. Oh, prior planning prevents poor performance. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's something that I do all the time and it's a recipe that my mum gave me mm. uh, for what she calls crash hot potatoes. Mm. So yeah, My mum does this too. Should right, I talk no. you through the recipe? Yes, yes, please, yes please. please, please. Okay, so what you do uh, is you get about six or seven, if you want to take a photo of it, so it's not <laughs> of like your regular washed potatoes, but they should be quite small in size. You put them in a microwave-safe dish, so not metal, and then <laughs> you stab holes in them and you put them in the microwave on high for like 12 minutes and then you take them out and with your potato masher, you squash them so they split Ooh. and then you drown them in olive oil and butter, salt and pepper, and put them in the oven on high Yum. for like 45 minutes and they come out super crispy on the outside, super soft in the middle, and I already can't wait to eat them. Oh, I'm so Yum. jealous. I wish I was having Yum. that for tonight for dinner. Do that sounds so good. That actually sort of reminds me of the potatoes we had at Bistecca. They were like that. Yeah, like par-cooked and then smooshed and then coated in heaps of oil and heaps of salt and pepper. Yep. Like you, you, you crush it and then like the, like the inside-outside bit sort of cooks. Exactly. Yeah, yum. Oh, that is so, so good. Yum. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, that is all we have time for on today's show. Thank you so much for coming on Obviously Good Foodie Friends. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, If you want to check out Lindsay's Instagram, that is thatlofolife. It is fabulous. You have to give it a follow. You have to see the recipes. And she's also got a cookbook. So um, you can purchase that on 
my website, which is www.thatlofolife.com. Yes, I'm getting my amazing job is, taken away from me. That was amazing. <laughs> is the photos on your Instagram, are they like in that recipe book or yeah. some of them? So the book is 20 or 22 low FODMAP cookie recipes. Oh. So most of them are your sweet cookies, but there's also some savory recipes in there. And all the photos have been featured at some point on my Instagram. And I can tell you, I have made several of them and all of them have been great. Oh, sweet Libby Tick of approval. Sweet Libby Tick of approval. You've got to go out and give it a try, especially if you're feeling a bit like you want to give that FODMAP, low FODMAP diet a go. Amazing. It's very much worth it. As always, guys, if you've enjoyed what is in your ears, please leave us a review, give us a rating and subscribe to the podcast so you can continue to get the obviously good foodie friends in your ears. Absolutely. And while you're there, make sure that you jump onto our Instagram. That's obviously good podcast on Instagram. You can see pictures from all the other restaurants that we've been visiting and maybe you'll see a picture of Lynn's on there too. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.